I'm Dylan Moore. And this is Russell Maripovell. And we're with Lorraine Postma. Hey, how's it going? And it's Campus Conversations, 10 to 12 every Thursday. We have quite the fun show today. Yes, mm-hmm. very much so. And that's right, we brought on Lorraine from last week. Yep, to our listeners out there, it, you are not just blessed with the sultry sounds of Dylan and myself. We now have the lovely Miss Lorraine. The sultry sounds of Lorraine. <laughs> that's right. And what did I tell you to call me, though? That you just Oh, right. The, well, I'm not sure if I feel comfortable. I don't remember. What was yeah, it? The host I, with the most. Oh, right, right. I must have missed that. Yeah. yeah. I, I was did listening. not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a fun, we got some guests coming on. Um, the for first hour, we have Will Weber from last week. He had a show premiere at TIFF, so he's going to talk about that. And we're going to bring on, do a phone call with, uh, if you remember, Eric. Yes, so, yeah, the, he, he's been in before. There's some news in the, in the out there about the aliens. Out there. They're, they're back. That's right. They're back. Or, or like 15 years ago they came, and now the news is out there. At least it's being reported on recently for whatever reason. But we're going to bring him on. He's kind of the expert on the topic. We have an, a local artist going to be right. coming in. And um, a student in the pre-media, which is basically the uh, the class you take when you know you want to get into the media career field, but you're not sure which one exactly. Just which one. Yeah. yeah so you Help you narrow it down. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, and in the near future, we're going to have a little chit-chat with our brand new host. That's right. And we have Lorraine joining the crew. Welcome. So, so I think it is uh, customary, I suppose, to have um, our first our first discussion with you. Okay. We felt it was appropriate. <laughs> Welcome you to the fold, and our first conversation would be what uh, what's going on? What are you doing? Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> oh, not a whole Says lot. Says a lot right there. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. You're in the radio program, and normally we ask like, why? Why the radio program? So. I, uh, well, yeah, why the radio, radio program? I mean, I'll be honest, at first, I really just applied so I could stop working because I was so bored, but... Hell yeah. Right? But Did the same thing. <laughs> but then I was like, I really like this, and yeah. Was well, it? and it turns out you've got a knack for it, too, right? I think so. I don't yeah. know. I've been told, but yeah, I really enjoy it, and... what? But why radio versus, like, TV or, uh, I don't know, something, whatever else they have out there? <laughs> It's a bad answer, but it was just a shorter program. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I just thought that I could kind of get the same... I guess I didn't know where I wanted to go, so I was like, I could probably branch into television from radio, you know what I mean? And you're all, you're also a, 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 an avid... I mean, everybody... Li- I, it's pretty silly to say someone doesn't like music, but you're a very avid... Oh, music. Yeah. Like I mean, you I'm obsessed. Just into like local music, mm-hmm. and just before the break, you were telling me about four or five shows you've already got tickets for, and so I mean, I guess it sort of would make sense that you would lean towards radio, being that you're so involved in the music scene. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know. Honestly, I do like it though, but I, I can't tell you why I got into it, but it's definitely changed me a lot. I am very much, like, so much more confident in myself and just speaking. You know, I could. It's a good. It's good to be confident in your speaking abilities, especially in radio. I know exactly. And I mean, I, I, I would agree. The first and year is all about being confident. We're in our second year now, so. So then, that's a nice little segue. Speaking of confidence with your speaking, I understand you're doing some or taking a run at stand-up comedy as well. Taking a run at it, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just really enjoyed watching a lot of stand-up comedy, and I have a lot of stories that I think could have. I had a lot of stories that I was like, this could be like a good bit or something, you know, and 
I don't know. I how, just how many times have you uh, have you been up? You've been up on stage a few times. Three times. Yeah, Three times. the first time was kind of I don't know a fluke. It was at an open mic that was also that was like music, and I didn't really know that. So, so like you know, some punk rock band finishes, then you get up, then you're like, no, some acoustic acoustic set finishes, oh, really and then I'm the... like, what's going on? Yeah, I'm but... Lorraine, and it's just a bunch of other people that were just performing and. Some people, I don't even know if Com- people Comedians laugh. open for bands all the time. Yeah. That's always been so, I thought that was so weird. Although maybe not the, other way, not the other way around usually. What, bands, <laughs> bands opening, opening for comedians? Bands opening for comedians, yeah. Yeah, it could work though. I think it's a cool concept. I think comedy, the, Hamil- the comedy scene in Hamilton is cr- like really insane. There's open mics and amateur nights and just and a, and a lot of every just night. like talented professionals. I know one of our other classmates who we had on, uh, Mr. Christopher Coral. He's been taking a run at it as well, and um, I've seen him a few times. And it the the place is always packed. There's always a lot of talent on stage, and most of it local. Yeah, it's really nice. Like I went to this open mic at Levity on Monday night, and it was a show up go up, and I, it was a pretty big event. Like the Facebook page had like 65 people going and when i got there at 8 30 sign up was at eight o'clock i got there at 8 30 they and i signed up for the 24th spot and they said by 805 wow. it was that's where it was at that, wow that's yeah where, that's where chris did his first show i love that, spl- that, that it's, space it's a great it's a really good community because everybody was super just into newcomers you know what i and mean helping yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first the first time I did it, so the first time I did it was at an open mic, but the second time I did it, I guess officially in front of like people that were expecting it, was at the First Timers Club at Zyla's, which just closed, but yeah, Matthew Serena runs that and it's really awesome cuz they'll have like a mix of new people and like I just got on. He didn't even hear me say like do any comedy and he let me do it and I you know, cool. I could have been terrible. Yeah. Who even knows and if that, I was? I think that's, the, that's the problem with open mics. Is why open mics, and it's why people love to go there because you don't know what's what you're gonna get. Yeah, but it sounds very wholesome where everyone supports each other, and it is. Yeah, a, it's, it's a nice. very big, strong, and sort of it, in, a, in a lot of ways reminds me of kind of you know my world, like the punk rock community. It reminds it, me exactly of that, of like a yeah. mosh pit where everybody picks you up when yeah. you fall. Like, yeah, you know, it, it's just really nice, and I never felt like I just never feel unwelcome or or amateur well i do feel amateur but i don't feel like people there's no condescending attitudes or 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 no. superiority or anything Mm-mm. everyone's there to to support each other and i yeah i think it's very much very similar like you like yeah the punk rock it community. was awesome and like one day some guy re- like recorded my set and he came up approached me after he's like that was so funny like i recorded almost all of it that's all, do, you, do you have the? I do. Ha- I do have it. It doesn't. I could. I could play it. it. Doesn't sound the best, but you definitely hear the laughs, which I like. And <laughs> it helps. Yeah. It helps. It helps, right? It's a confidence booster, and it also was pretty helpful for me to, for me to kind of pinpoint what people laughed at. I hear that like comedians they'll tape all their stuff to listen what works, what doesn't work, what deliveries they need to. It was, uh, re- it was well. It was so surprising what worked because I just found that the things that I made up on the spot were pretty funny. Like people laughed at the most and things that I thought were very more like an intelligent sort of funny humor like they just didn't really they just didn't really care you know it was sort of yeah I don't know it's it's a really weird game I watched a lot of people honestly not like they did great they're very confident but they didn't get like a lot of laughs right okay like you know they're not 
giving out pity laughs. And, and you, well, you kind of have to feed off that, right? Yeah, totally. If you don't get and any go laughs. With the flow. If you're not getting any laughs, like move on. Or there's kind of a thing where you like just go go with it. You can't. Well, I I for one I say right on. I think I think you'd be great next time. I mean, are you, do you have anything coming up? Anything you can let the audience know what we can see you next? No, I don't. But just go to open mics and maybe you'll see me. Check well, out. and you'll also be back here with us every week. So if you've got something booked, we'll be letting the listeners know so we can check you out. Well, I'm just casually hilarious too. So <laughs> so there it is. You get stand up every every mm-hmm. week Thursdays mm-hmm. ten to twelve. Laurie, have you had any? Have you bombed yet? That's my favorite question to ask comedians. Have you had a Bad set. You're such a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I don't think. Well, I've just had the three, so I would say maybe the first one. I don't really. I wouldn't say I bombed it. I would just say nobody was there to laugh. So they just. It was a smaller. It was just a tiny group of people. Yeah. People. I don't know. People laugh. They were engaged. So still works. So no, no bombing yet. Because here's the thing: is like I listen to a bunch of uh, like. Successful comedians, like the big names, right? And they always talk about that. No matter how how big they can like fill up a studio, a stadium, they could still go to some town, and the the town's just that crowd is not gonna like their jokes, and they, they'll have nights where they bomb. And those are always so interesting because I, for one, I, I can't do stand up comedy, let alone if I had a bad night doing stand up comedy. I don't know how I could handle it. Yeah, well, I've been hanging out with a couple of like comedian stuff, and yeah, they they said the exact same thing. Like one of them is like a host weekly and does comedy very, very regularly. And yeah, he's like, sometimes I I bomb and it happens. You just kind of roll it off your shoulder, you know, and happens to everyone. Yeah. You win some, lose most, you know? Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing with us. This is Campus Conversations, and joined in studio, Mr. William. Once again, how's it going, Dylan? Oh, it's going great. You just, you, last week you came on and you talked about your uh, show or Short film? Short film. Short yeah, film. this is sort of a before and after, I guess. Yeah, basically. Uh, got into the Toronto Independent Film Festival, and it was it was something else entirely. It's, it's so oh weird, because I've been working on this for eight months, wow. right? Eight months solid, or, oh, God, no, it's been longer than that. It's been nearly a year. I got the footage back in November, so it's been ten months. Ah! And I've just been working on this in solitude for that long, and then the first time people see it, I'm in there with a full audience, and it's like, Ooh, that's it's weird. Like it's yeah. different because like it's a horror movie, and like people like to laugh with horror movies. You, I don't want them to, but it's like I. That's how people are. So it's like it's like two types of people watching horror movies, right? Yeah, yeah, and like everyone in there was a horror film, like a horror filmmaker. Oh, <laughs> so, so they're all really critiquing. Like, hmm, why'd you use that lighting? Not that I heard. It was just a lot of like <laughs> laughing at moments where I'm just like. Huh. I didn't expect anyone to Not laugh at sure that. Not sure I was expecting a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. that. It's interesting seeing it for the first time on the big screen. I, I did a short film. I started in a short film a few years back. And when we, and it was, the, the process of making it was amazing. And then when we finally get there and, and the room, the lights go down and it comes up and you're on the big screen. I mean, in your case, you're watching, not, you wouldn't, you weren't, were you in the film? No, thankfully. But you were seeing, but then that means you were seeing you were picking away at everything, lighting, editing, music, the performance. Um, so that would have been even more, I think, intense to see for the first time with a full audience. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, you know, every time there's like something that oh, it's like, oh, I didn't quite like that. Why did I do that? Because uh, this is the first time I've been away from the movie for an extended period of time. Uh, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. 
So you had it premiered now, and you saw the reception, which was, uh, well, how, well, like, how did you gauge the audience? I know you're saying how, how they would react one way that you weren't expecting, but overall. Well, they, they left about a 10, 20 second gap between each film. Uh, oh, okay. We, we got a we got a pretty decent applause. wasn't the biggest, but it also wasn't the worst. I, I feel like it was a pretty solid reception, and we were the first one to go up as well. Oh, nice. so that was like I felt the opening I, my, act. Yeah, my my heart was in my throat. <laughs> how, how long was the film? Uh, ten minutes. Oh, okay, ten minutes. But still, that's that ten minutes minutes must have felt like an hour watching it oh goodness yeah especially because some of the other films were only three minutes long oh so you had like uh, did they have you know uh, between this time and this time is how long your movie could be or did you have to kind of gauge it yourself Uh, we went based on the as far as I can tell we went based on uh, the MPAA's description of what uh, constitutes a feature film what constitutes a short film which is uh, above 45 minutes is a feature film so you could go if you wanted to. You could go straight up to. Yeah, I'm not sure what minutes. the adjudicators would would say to that. They might but, cut that halfway through. <laughs> but in in theory, yeah. Because real, real cheeky can go with 44 minutes. Exactly. 44 minutes and 59 seconds yeah. and 23 frames. We love <laughs> to stick it to the man. <laughs> so you've had your show premiered. What's next? Do you start shopping this film around to other independent film? Uh, yes, actually, we're looking to um, we're looking to do the the Hamilton independent. film film festival with oh. Nathan Fleet. Uh, he's, he's a great guy, and you know, it looks like our, our film would be a pretty good fit. We're looking for an online distributor, and if you would like some updates on when that may happen, you can always check out our socials. Like, for example, we have an Instagram that we still update decently often. It's Death Game Film, all one word. Sweet. Cool. On Instagram. So you'll get all the the, the most uh, updated news on the film. Exactly. There. And, that, you know, when, when we post something, it's important. Cool. Because we're not in production anymore. We're not posting headshots of, like, and here's our third grip, second AC. He also, you know, <laughs> taped something down for us. You know? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, try, we're not trying to get that buzz going anymore. So now that you're, you're, so you're shopping for other, other uh, independent film festivals, mm-hmm. um, now, if, if you had, like, a, a bad reception from the audience, would you still be shopping it for different film festivals? Or is this something you only decided after the premiere? Oh, we've been shopping around for a while. The, okay. The audience reaction is always good because then you can do what's, uh, what's called workshopping it. Is, okay. So it's like, oh, they didn't quite react the way that we wanted to to that. Then, like, in theory, you can go back and, like, reshoot something. Uh, Seeing it on the big screen, on, like, you know, professional equipment, it's like, okay, I can go back and I can tweak this, that, and the other because technically I didn't like this. I don't mm. think the average person, me- you know, notices this, but technically I can go back and fix that issue. Now, are you, are you also using this um, as an opportunity to find funding for your next project? Yes, exactly. That's the big thing. Is once you get the buzz going, then someone can pick it up. Like you know, uh, in a perfect world, Netflix would cut us a check for. Well, you've got you've got the Anchor Bay's of the world, and the, like Anchor Bay's a big on Canadian horror. I know um, oh, some God, friends yeah. of mine. They they make horror films, and they've they've they're on to their ninth feature. Oh wow! And uh, they they've had pretty much. I think all of their films um, have been distributed through Anchor Bay. Um, cross well, I guess they do Canada and the states, but I mean they're big horror, and you, you say it's a horror film. I mean, mm-hmm. so they would be, uh, you know, there there there's definitely a market, and uh, so that would be this short film is a, a, a sort of a means to further your next project as well. Yeah, basically, it's a good thing to to have my name on because this is my first um, 
big credit thing I usually do just like small like commercial sector work for internal use yeah so this is my first time that it's on like a, a larger thing that I can say like hey I did this and you can check it out at something this streaming site sure perfect so are you working with the same group of people for the next film we're working on a series right now called are you curious it's the same producer and a lot of the same technical crew actually it's uh it's about the strange and taboo things of the world mm-hmm. like a documentary series or is it is it fictional like scripted a documentary well, sort of like pop documentary series you know we go in and uh we're chatting with uh we chatted with the karma chameleon a local uh drag performer Interesting. Ah, i know her yeah nice. oh yeah <laughs> Love Karma. I've been working with her for years, so nice. it was, it was a, such a great experience to get back to that. And yeah, so, awesome. like, you know, we walk in, and it's just like a, you know, you kick down the door, and you go, Karma, 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 Chameleon, oh, come here, I love you, <laughs> darling. You start the conversation from there. That kind of a documentary series. Love it. It's really cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so you're working on this now. Where where can people like go out and watch this once it's finished? Are you curious? Is still being shopped around. Okay, so it's not going to be like a YouTube kind of thing. It's going to be uh, like... Uh, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a potential thing. I'll have to mm-hmm. come on and let you know around the time that we're finished. Love it. Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining us. That was very... It's interesting because it's, uh, it, it's cool to hear from how, how that world kind of works. And uh, we, do, uh, we do miss you around these parts. It's always nice to have you back. <laughs> well, it's always glad, I'm always glad to be on. Keep me, keep me coming. What Please. was that uh, Instagram again? Death Game? It's Death Game Film. All one word. All right, so check it out and keep your eyes out for the Hamilton and Hamilton Independent Film Festival. Yes, with fingers crossed, we're gonna get in there. Perfect. Well, I mean, you made it to Toronto. I don't see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's our hope. You can get into TIFF. You can get into HIF. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> that's that's the hope, at least. That's the nice tagline. Maybe, maybe Hamiltonians are a little bit more picky. We'll have to see, right? Who knows? Oh, we yeah, we will. All right. Thanks again. Campus conversations, and we have Eric on the line. Hey, Eric, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear, Dylan. How are you? Okay, wonderful. I'm great. Thank you. Uh, we're with uh, Russell Merritt Pavel. Eric, how are you, my friend? Hi, Eric. I'm well. And Hi, Lorraine. Lorraine. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Just uh, all at once. Now, before we get into what we're going to be talking about, because you're the expert of this, I just want to play a quick clip. So this is a clip of a... Uh, well, Eric, actually, could you set this up? It's the um, it, it's this video that's been all over like news and social media the past, the past day or so. That's how I saw it. Right. So this video was from a forward-looking infrared camera on an F-18 Hornet. Um, it was a, an aircraft that came off of uh, the, the USS Nimitz. So that's an aircraft carrier that was, I believe, off the west coast of Florida doing a training exercise. And that's when they encountered this uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. What they, that's what they call a UFO nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll let you play the clip and we'll talk about it after. Perfect. Here it is. So that's the video right now that's all over the internet. And I'm a bit of an alien skeptic, but I saw this and I was I was a little confused. And I know, yeah, you're you're the expert of this subject. And I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. We started talking last night, and you started telling me about all this different information. And I was like, you you have to explain some of this because I can't, I I can't. It's hard to wrap my head around it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, well, 
So the first thing that I read about was uh, I saw the video and I saw what the pilot's reactions were. So they were interviewed um, by a couple of YouTubers and they all agree that they it's their opinion that it's not from this world. So it could be something that's manned. It could be something that's remote controlled. Um, however, none of them think it was something that humans had made. Hmm. And that's... I now I haven't I haven't seen the video, but could it be also? I mean, does it have to be a craft? Could it not be a, like some form of terrestrial? Being, if you will, or does it? Did it, I haven't seen the video, so does it look like a like a like a ship of sorts, or could it have been, you know, uh, I mean, because the way we, the only way we can understand space travel, because the only way we can do it is is in a craft. But maybe if it's from somewhere else, they they wouldn't require one. That could absolutely be true. So a little a little bit more information um, about this incident. What happened was. Uh, they picked up this underwater object on their either sonar or radar. I can't really remember. Uh, so they scrambled, I think, two F-18s to that location, and they saw this giant uh, ship. It was like a couple hundred feet long, and hmm. it seemed to have, like, bubbles coming from it. And around the same time they saw this underwater, there was a whole bunch of these tic-tac-shaped UFOs, and they seemed to have these little sort of protrusions on the bottom. It's almost like what you would see on, like, the Jetsons car, how it's like a bent antenna. Hmm. Yeah. I love that you threw the Jetsons reference in there. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, it is exactly like something from the Jetsons, like sort of this anti-gravity technology that it seems to have. And what they reported is that... Um, the radar captured this um, the UFO uh, going from like 26,000 feet down to 50 feet in just about a second. Mm. So it's certainly not something that we can produce uh, or that they've maybe they do have, the government does have, but hasn't disclosed to us yet. Yeah. So... Yeah. It leaves it, it leaves it kind of open to d your imagination and your interpretation and, and different theories. Um, but the, recently what's happened is they say the videos are real. Um, so it's not, it's not a hoax. So it sort of verifies that this phenomenon is real, that these objects do appear to pilots and military officials as well as citizens. Um, and that it is something that's valid. It's it's eerie. Like I'm I'm the first person who's gonna call a hoax when I see a video like this. But it yeah. had me it, it had me a bit confused and asking questions. And then, are, are you familiar with the Lonnie Zamora incident? So I remember you telling me about that last night, but I didn't get too much into it. Maybe you can just give me a brief description. It's like a little bit of a rabbit hole I went down the other night looking through this, but it was... Um, a little bit. Yeah. It happened in New Mexico on mm -hmm. Friday, April 24th, 1964. Mm -hmm. And it was just uh, just after five, or, or almost around six o'clock, when uh, there's a police officer who was chasing someone, and he saw what looked like almost... like He thought it was like a, a, a comet or something, that an asteroid that went into some field. So he drove over to go check it out, and he said he'd seen what looked like some weird 
egg-shaped tube that had like these like legs or like stands holding it off the ground and he saw these two people in white overalls and as he went to go approach it the thing started to like shine and it was also it was like on fire as well but started to make this weird noise so he began to like run back and then he started radioing for backup and kind of explain what was going on and then that's when this egg-shaped tube shot into the sky but as it was flying it wasn't making any noise now right. i'm gonna hear that story and i'm gonna be like okay you know it's another some some dude just wants to be in the newspaper but it was reported by like by multiple different people who seen so they saw this thing shooting into the sky as well as people reporting they saw what looked like an asteroid going into a field right and i think it's stories like this that that add credibility to this the ufo movement that it's it's someone not only someone who is uh involved in the government they're a law enforcement professional so they do have some credibility they've been screened psychologically Mm -hmm. for their health um as well as the fact that multiple people saw this and so what what the government has said I believe it was the FBI that they do investigate each of these cases. Yeah, that's right. And then as you're looking through, the FBI, the Air Force, um, other agencies, the U.S. Army, they were all there doing uh, their own investigations. And um, and then in the end, they kind of like they didn't really know. But what was left behind was some scraps of metal. It was like some type of it was like aluminum or something. And mm-hmm. they could see the track marks of where this 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 craft landed and took off and burnt the ground. Yes, right, yeah, yeah. And there were the bushes on fire and stuff. Police showed up and saw that the same the bushes were on fire and stuff like that. So it's like one of those incidents where it's it's bizarre. And as much as I want to say it's it's a, yet another hoax we hear. As right. I'm reading it, it's just like. Uh, I, I don't know. To, to, you know, with all this, all these people reporting it, with these like little bits of evidence left behind, it's it's weird, and I, I don't know what to think. You I know? <laughs> I sort of I struggle with I struggle with these videos and stories a little bit. However, having said that, I one I one hundred percent firmly believe there. I mean, it's just so arrogant to assume that we are the smartest. Um, creatures in existence, I, I, and with with infinite galaxies and stars, with planets surrounding them. I mean, it's just it, it, I just find it incredibly arrogant. I, I do. I am a skeptic with these. I, I look, you know, I am a bit of a skeptic with some of the videos because it, you know of how easily they could be um, manipulated or they could be hoaxes. But, but I mean, based on what you've been telling us, Eric, I you know, I, I, you're making a believer out of me. Well, what's interesting to me about all of these incidents um, is that there are so many similarities between all of these cases where the objects look similar, there's a similar sound and light that's observed, uh, often by multiple witnesses. Uh, There's usually some kind of radiation that's left that's detectable on the ground if these craft land. And... Less frequently, there's even cases of beings coming out of the craft. For example, there was, I believe in South Africa, there was a school, like an elementary school, where there was about 40 kids um, uh, having recess. And I think this was during the 1980s. And they all witnessed this, 
I believe it was like a saucer-type craft, like 50 feet in diameter, uh, land on the ground, and these two beings, they looked like small gray men with black almond-shaped eyes, <laughs> came out of the craft. And there, most, almost all of them, if not all of them, are still alive today and have gone on the record. You can find this uh, video on YouTube of them being interviewed. And they recall the, this incident. And a lot of them were terrified. Um, one girl approached these beings. And I'm, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but uh, the next day her best friend went to her house and she had gone missing and no one ever saw her again. Mm. No way. Yeah. That's scary. How do I, how can I find this though? I'm trying to I searched it, kids see aliens 1980. There was a, there was a it said Zimbabwe, I think. I <laughs> uh, was that right? Zimbabwe? Oh. Yeah, I think it said Zimbabwe. Maybe. Okay, that was okay. a terrible article that I pulled up though. Okay. Okay. That's so scary. It's very interesting. And like I said, I'm Sometimes I, I would be the first one to say, like, no, I don't believe this stuff. But then as I hear about it, and it's the multiple witnesses that always gets me. And it's one thing if it's, like, a group of friends or, you know, a household. But it's totally different when it's, it's, it's you know, a small town and you have multiple different people. Or it's, like, the one that you're mentioning is school. Mm-hmm. So it's very strange. Okay, Eric, what do you think about the fact that all of these accounts sort of, they're similar, but they all sort of follow sort of a stereotype of what people would assume aliens and spacecrafts would look like. You know what I'm saying? Like as if they've been sort of almost um, seeing, not what they want to see, but the narrative that's already been established is sort of maybe, maybe tricked their, tricked their memory or or tricked, tricked their eyes. That's sort of what you're getting at. Mm -hmm. So that definitely is possible that it's some type of psychological phenomenon that's shared between people and I mean we don't understand how consciousness works um, it's our knowledge of the brain is very limited so it, it certainly could be some type of shared hallucination that is experienced and you know maybe or it could be that time travel is possible and it's pe- people from the future that are contacting us or uh, it's us from another dimension. We we mm. don't know because we just don't have enough information. However, there is one document that was uh, obtained by the Freedom of Information Act, and it's ex- available to the public on vault.fbi.gov. And I'll just quote it now. So what it says on page 22 is that part of these disks carry crews and others are under remote control. Their mission is peaceful. These visitors uh, contemplate settling on this plane. These visitors are human-like, but much larger in size. They are not excarnate Earth people. They come from their own world. Uh, They do not come from any planet, as we use the word, but from an etheric planet which interpenetrates with our own and is not perceptible to us. Mm. Well, oh, we, there we go. And That's what see, we're going on about today. We talked about not that. being, yeah. Well, we talked about how the, all the different things that, like, even just even the human eye can't register. I mean, the the different sort of like, how the human eye is a, is essentially just a lens to help our brain 
deal with all of this sensory overload that is, I mean, if you could see every spectrum out there, your head would explode. So we were discussing, we were just talking about that before, before we started the show. Yeah. It's well, a, that's, that's interesting. That's it, definitely true. We can only see a small slice of our reality. And, uh, you know, people tell me, and I've read, read stories and watched videos of people doing astral projection uh, meditation where they go out of body and have this uni- experience of universal consciousness. So not everyone is um, aware of the potential of our consciousness. And mm. it's, it's not really talked about by the mainstream media that there, there is this sort of transcendence you can achieve through hard work and focus and things like meditation. Hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a taboo topic, but Eric, I, it's, it's very interesting stuff, and you are an expert of the subject. You ha- you're you going to have to come on in, in the future again and tell us more. Yeah, because I think we could spend an hour on this. And I would love to, but unfortunately, you know, time, right? <laughs> I'm so, I like, mind-blown. Awesome. Eric, thanks for joining. You're welcome, Dylan. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, we'll see you, Eric. So we're joined in studio with Mr. L.T. Welcome, sir. Uh, thank you so much for having me, guys. So you are an, an up-and-coming artist. I've, I've heard some of your stuff. It's, it's really good. Thank you. Thank and you. Um, I, I'm interested, like, how does that, how, what's it like for an up-and-coming, um, w- would you consider it hip-hop? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a hip-hop artist. Uh, definitely proud to be a rapper, but then I love so many different kinds of music as well that when you see my live show, it's a lot of R&B, some soul, some groove. A big mix of genres, but primarily hip hop. And you get the feel listening to some of the music. So it's very like rhythmic and uh, yeah. just like the beats and stuff. Some of them are like really groovy almost. Yeah. Well, my my main goal is like with the new album that I'm going to be working on is to have beats that you can dance to, which is very uh, very musical, but then lyrics that can make you think. As cool. Well. So if you're someone that likes to dance and you don't care about lyrics. I've got you there, but then if you just want to sit there, you want to think, then I have you there as well. And I just wanted to, sorry to interrupt you there, uh, Dylan, I just wanted to, okay, um, do you produce all your own music, like all your all your, all your your beats as well, or do you, work, uh, do you um, work with someone? I work with some very talented producers. Um, my drummer in my band, Lucas, uh, he's producing with me. Uh, I've got some friends in New York, some friends back in the UK, in London. Uh, other guys around Hamilton, uh, and the song that we're going to be talking about soon, that was actually produced by my friend Johan in New York. So I always have different, very talented producers around me. Right, but do you do, but do you, I mean, as far as sitting down and writing beats, are you a big, I mean, I know you work with other people, but is that also a big part of your process? I'm, I'm primarily the songwriter, so I'll write the lyrics and then work out the arrangement. Right of the song. It's kind of like a big collaboration coming up with each song. Yeah, but you know, they are the the geniuses that give me the instrumental backing and then I work with that to craft it into full songs. So when when you're coming up with the next song, is it the beat gets made first and then you know what kind of lyrics to put on top of it? Or do you have the lyrics first and then you're trying to figure out the beat? I think um, it, it can be both because there's a lot of times when you'll be given an instrumental and you'll see what you're feeling, what it inspires. Uh, but then there's a lot of times where I have so many song ideas because, you know, when I'm walking around, I'm constantly inspired. So mm-hmm. I'll think of, oh, this could be a great idea for a song, for a chorus, for a verse. Then when I hear the instrumental, sometimes I just pair it right. with that. Yeah, you can kind of just tell listening to it, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. that's, that's super cool. So how long have you been on this journey? 
Uh, well, I've been dancing since I was about seven because that's a big part of my live show cool. as well. And then I discovered or fell in love with hip hop when I was eight. Uh, so I've been rapping since around then. But you know, when you're eight, your voice hasn't broken yet. You don't have anything to say. Uh, so, I'd like to hear some of that early stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll find the uh, the books, someday. the archives. Yeah, show them to the public. But uh, yeah, so it was really re around uh, 16 when I became LT the Monk. Uh, started saying to myself, you know, I want to be a rapper. I want to, you know, take over. North America, because uh, I was originally in London, in England, and uh, but that was always the goal. So I came here, and then over the past two years, really, in Hamilton, that's when I've been performing a lot, organizing shows. Uh, I released my King Strings and Hip Hop album this year, uh, which has Oscar still stuck in La La on it. And that's um, is that is that your, uh, your your single or like the big hit? That's that's the new single. The newest uh, single. Because you know the cool thing now is as an independent artist, you can see the numbers for everything. So right. every every song like mixed Kobe, Poppy Face, and Oscar. Uh, imagine they have uh, like my highest numbers mm -hmm. on the streaming services because you can hear it on Spotify, iTunes and all of that. They have the highest numbers, but Oscar, I'm so proud of the video that I just did for that one. So that's the one that I'm promoting mainly Perfect. right now. And so you mentioned uh, obviously growing up in London, right? Yeah. When did you move? I moved here uh, two years and three weeks ago. Okay, so that's very specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you notice like a different landscape when it comes to hip hop over like in the UK versus? Yeah. yeah well, I think uh, you know there's so many big hip hop fans in the UK, but I found that when you're trying to break through into the mainstream industry, there's just this limit because I think the mainstream ear doesn't understand hip hop as much. Okay. Whereas on this continent, because the birthplace was New York and so it's spread around to Toronto, LA, Atlanta, Detroit, all those different uh, cities, then people are more accepting mm. of it. So like you have your core hip hop fans that understand what I'm saying, but like the other day I was on CHCH doing the morning live show. Cool. And I think the majority of that audience watching, they're not big hip hop fans, sure. but people were coming up to me saying, oh, I just saw you on the TV this morning. And they understood it, even though hip hop wasn't their thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's becoming much more mainstream exactly. these days. It's uh, it's really blown up over the years. Yeah. 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 So as a as an independent artist, you know, kind of trying to break into the scene, mm. it, it's it's. um. I guess it's different than how it used to be. I mean, I wasn't yeah. there of how when how it used to be, but we have YouTube, Spotify, yeah. where you can throw all your music out there, yeah. and like SoundCloud and stuff. Do you find that's um, like is is that like a blessing or is that like a curse? Like, does it how how does that affect you trying to get big um, and noticed? I'll say the the curse first is just the oversaturation. Yeah, because everyone tells you they rap, so you know I have to go through many stages to just show people I'm a serious mm -hmm. rapper. Trying to separate yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like I think, uh, and then that's where it kind of goes into the blessing because the idea of. I can put everything out myself and then show that I can be the cream of the crop. Yeah. It really gives me the freedom to do that. So, 
you know, if, uh, say, in the, the 70s, I would have to be signed, get my demo on, have to show yeah. people, you know, do, do a few shows. Whereas now I can just be like, okay, guys, here's my Spotify right here. Check it out. If that kind of convinces you, then come and see a live show and then go see the music video on YouTube. And everything is in my control. Cool. I, I think, too, um, that it, it promotes... Yes, there's a wider landscape and a, and a lot of muddy waters you've got to navigate. But it yeah. also, I think it promotes um, a much harder work ethic because exactly. if you're serious and you want to distinguish yourself yeah. from, from the masses yeah. on streaming sites and, and those sorts of things, you've really got to hone your craft yeah. and you've, and you've yeah. got to find a way to be original. And so in a way, it, you weed out a lot of the the guys that uh, that aren't serious exactly exactly and and another thing that i love about the social media is how close like if you're trying to build super fans they're right there as mm. well now because you know it's not like people are sending me mail and i have to write 100 letters it's just like oh this girl sent me a snapchat yeah and then this guy messes me on instagram and then this person sent me a facebook message this person put me in their story and then you can respond to that and then people are directly engaging like oh i feel like i know the guy yeah i now. guess it's a much more personal connection exactly that's 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 awesome do you do a lot of shows yeah. in hamilton yeah yeah. Anything uh, coming up soon? My next show in Hamilton is on October 4th at Subar. Uh, so that's a club in downtown Hamilton. And that should be a really, really good show. Uh, Subar is, I performed there a few times before. And if you want to say like the adjective vibes, that is the epitome of that. Like, it's the I love that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's vibes yeah, exactly, all around. Exactly. So it makes me feel like Matthew McConaughey, like low key selling drugs in like, the eighties, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. It's Don't great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's going to be a really great show. So that's Friday, October fourth. Uh, I'm going to start promoting that on my social media very soon because uh, I want to do a giveaway just to show my Hamilton people how much I love them. I want to uh, do a big bundle giveaway because I have. Uh, T-shirts, vinyls, cassettes, and posters and stickers. Uh, the cassettes for the new album. The vinyls are some singles for the new album. Uh, and I want to just give one of those, give a bundle away for free. So uh, yeah, I'll be promoting that soon. Free stuff. It's the best. Cassette, <laughs> people love it. Cassettes too, man. You're a, you're a, you're a man after my own heart. Well, I uh, I, I grew up with the cassette. Oh, beautiful. The making mixtapes. Well, they, yeah, that is. I I think out of all of the mediums, cassettes are the most hip hop. Because it just feels like I'm selling them out of the trunk of my car, going around the city. Well, that's, like, how, that, that's, how, the it, that's how it started. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's super cool. So LT, um, LT the Monk, yes. you're going to be doing uh, your shows. And you've mentioned how your music and your shows are kind of almost different. Like you're more, yeah. of a, uh, more of a performance behind the shows. Exactly. Exactly. So, can you, how... What like what kind of if someone comes to see you? What can they expect? Uh, they can expect a lot of dancing, mm -hmm. um, a lot of me asking people to dance, uh, a lot of energy, a lot of jumping, uh, people moshing mm -hmm. if they would like to. Um, but then, like some hard rapping, yeah, as well, because so it's know, a show with a lot of crowd participation. Yeah, yeah you know, I want to show people that I am the best performer that I can be, but also the best rapper. 
as well because yeah. ultimately like when you strip back everything it's just that basic competition of who can be the best rapper um, like I have a song on the new album called 33 threes uh, which is inspired by Jay-Z's song 22 twos because he tried to play on the word two 22 times so mm. I thought how can I be better than the greatest <laughs> so I played on the number three That's 33 a times moves. Awesome. yeah so like when I'm rapping that, that's just straight bars. Like, how can I be the best rapper? But then we add in the dancing, the groove, because I want to paint a full experience for anyone who's coming to the show. Sure, fun fun for everyone, I exactly. guess, right? Yeah. So can you plug some of your uh, your Instagram and your YouTube and stuff like uh, that? So you can find me at uh, LT the Monk on everything. Um, so that's just L-T-T-H-E-M-O-N-K. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. Um, you can find all of my lyrics on Genius. I like to write up all of my lyrics, break them down so you can see all the wordplay, the double meanings, the triple meanings. Um, you can find me on YouTube where I have the music video for Oscar, which has just come out. Um, I shot that with my friend in Los Angeles back in May. Um, so I'm so excited to show that to the world mm -hmm. now uh, because that is a uh, the first time that you can see uh, a music video of mine where it's just dancing in the video. It's no rapping, it's just my lyrics on top. And then I'm just feeling it uh, on the streets of LA in my socks because I love to perform in my socks. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so it's just LT the Monk everywhere, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and then uh, King Strings and Hip Hop is the new album. Perfect. That's that's awesome. And you were mentioning Oscar. We're gonna play that now. Do you yeah. wanna you wanna set that up? What's uh, the inspiration? Uh, so the, the, song? the inspiration is uh, from the uh, Oscars. Uh, controversy or catastrophe in 2017 when uh, Moonlight won the best picture mm. but La La Land right. was given the best picture so uh, when Jay-Z made a song about it it was all about the uh, you know no matter how far you feel like you come as a black artist there's always going to be something that ruins it so my take on that was how do I as an independent artist establish my ownership and my stronghold where I can't lose. Um, so I talk about uh, landing in La La Land in the entertainment industry, winning my metaphorical Oscar and uh, yeah, just establishing myself as an independent artist and uh, yeah just trying to trying to make it i love it that's awesome fantastic yeah. perfect so we're going to play that uh, oscar still stuck in lala thank you bit of an intro <laughs> <laughs> Mess a lot, my heart's a lot. Yeah. Mess a lot, my heart's a lot. Run the moonlight, the law lands in la la. Grabbing the Oscar, but never playing the fakeness. Sit to greatness, let my Spotify playlist. Like the playlist. Yeah, how'd it go again? Yeah. It goes Drizzy, 
the weak hole and caved on Childkin, John Travis, two chains and in the harp on the podium Putting the only somewhere to mow in the blessing the rap stars I came in with the vote in the best Rap I'm the trench I'm red man We building our own ground the lies are dead land I'm stepping the moonlight put up my own bank It's going to be for the coach and never get him a taxi Vasion Take a little persuasion, taxi innovation, new momentum, rates are surging. When the demand be getting higher, driving the price up, so the 999 for the city to this be hitting them up for get Laura Lee Stein. Nine and three quarters, I'm in the place. So my platform magic is what I rap for. Don't talk to the poor, never see them hard ones, but the double doors. Open it for the lawyers. A dollar for the stream. Cousins Bella Tom Sawyer. Mashallah, Mahashallah Mashallah, Mahashallah You're my Afro Yeah With my Afro Punk Make the monk look quiet And rapping the freedom punk Already preaching to the choir With your congregation Birth of a nation came When the scene was vacant Needed somebody to take it to another level A winner level with the step met Incidentally met This life level Cause they raise the ball Everybody looking smooth And if you want to bomb the us bring your crew when we'll get it poppin' Jesus, look at the auction Piercing sand styles, colors and red lines For the motherland of vintage stores I peep the core, all the princesses you've never seen before Whether swimmer or the tenement so Heart of the venomous broke or hell benefit you big in the door Whether midnight or melanin light And see relevant colorism is dead And blackness is a force roar It's all the force It's all the force so golly, it makes me wanna say, yeah. Mashallah, mahashallah, running the moonlight, the law lands in law, law grabbing the Oscar, but never playing the fate and sin to greatness. I'm a Spotify playlist, not the playlist. That was Oscar, my LT the monk. Uh, Sorry, my mic was off. <laughs> Oscar, LD the Monk. Uh, that was the uh, the live version. Yes, but um, yes. it was great. I loved it. That was that was awesome. Well, we just stopped that auto play right there. Otherwise, a random song. I'm so play. glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> this is going off the rails real quick. <laughs> but yes, that was the live version and uh, the recorded version. You can check out the music video on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, but I love that live version as well because that is uh, the band in our uh, full concert yeah. experience. Dude, that sounds really, really tight for live. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Thank that's you. awesome. Yeah, that's perfect. So what? How, I couldn't see how many people are in your band. Uh, four. Cool, okay. So, so I have uh, keys, bass, and drums. Uh, and then sometimes we have a guest sax player who comes in for a few songs because cool. he's really great nice. as well. But it's a core four. Yeah, nice. That is awesome. Nice. LT, thanks for joining us today. That was Thank awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You're going to have to come on again in the upcoming yes. weeks. Yes, yes, we'll definitely have you back. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. You're listening to Campus Conversations, and we're with Jack McGloin. Hey, how you going? Good, Welcome, Jack. sir. Thank yeah. you. So you're a pre-media student. Yep. And that's that. That was a course when um, because we we sent out some emails to some of the program uh, coordinators of the school to kind of reach out to see if anyone wanted to come on the show. And then pre media was the one I was kind of I wasn't too sure what it was. And I had someone explain to me it was like you go to pre media if you're interested in getting into media, but you're not sure whether you want like journalism, TV, uh, or, or radio. 
right? Yeah, you pretty much explained it right. I mean, that you know, it's sort of like a, a broad spectrum. You know, looking at all the different types of media and just you know getting the basic skills, and then you know you see what you want to do. Okay, and, you, and you're in your second year. Yep. So uh, at this point, you're starting to get a, an idea of where you want to head afterwards. Um. Yeah, I, I have an idea actually. I would like to do some editing. Actually, it would be kind of fun. Cool. Well, what or type radio, of or radio broadcasting? Oh, radio. Well, I mean, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. You're in the right spot. <laughs> the right people. <laughs> but uh, so you want to get into editing? Is this like? Are you interested in like, you know, like audio uh, entertainment or uh, or like film? Um, I mean, honestly, either or would be kind of fun. <laughs> you just want to start editing, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, actually, now that I think about it, probably radio broadcasting would probably be the thing I'm most going to. Maybe the other one's like a backup, just in case. It, it's good to have the two, because yeah, um, yeah. I feel like when you get into any entertainment field, it's very, it's, it's like kind of polarizing, where it's like, it can be it can be hard to break into. You know, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a weird, like, for instance, I, I want to get into podcasting. I want to get into like- I do too. Yeah, producing podcasts. And- there's jobs out there, but when you start making a list of all the podcast networks, you're like, oh, there's less than 10 in, in Ontario, right? Right. Um, the thing I've I've noticed, because I, I like watching a lot of podcasts, but um, the thing I've noticed is that you shouldn't start it as like, I'm going to start this as a job. you got to start it as like a hobby, really. A That's passion right. project. Yeah. yeah. You really do got to start it as a hobby. And do it as you because you love it, and then the skills, you, you acquire the skills on the way, whereas if you want to go in straight as a job, you might get a little heartbroken on the way. Yeah, you really will. Yeah. You really just got to start as a hobby. <laughs> so you want to get into podcasting. Yeah. And um, are you, is that something you're into currently or is that something you want to break into as like a hobby as well? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of into it a little currently, actually. Oh, cool. What kind of podcasting are you into? What kind of podcast? I'm, I mean, I'm not like into like the very like, like very popular ones. I mean, I, I watch Joe Rogan, but I do watch, but I do watch like other ones. Like um, I used to watch this one, uh, <laughs> This one is not for like, like everyday people. It's called the Drunken Peasants. That's really funny. Fair enough. I, I'm I'm a little familiar with it, but um, yeah, because yeah, when you get into like audio versus like a visual entertainment, it's um uh, the two because that's something I think about too. Like why I I'm so pulled towards podcasting versus like film, and um, it's yeah everyone's gonna have their own opinions, but like. And today we have there's, there's almost like so much to choose from right yeah so if you're interested in something you can definitely there's, there's a path to get there whether it's an easy path or not it's I, that's another story yeah i feel i feel it's a little bit like if you want to start a band right. i mean you've got to really pay, does, you, you, yeah. you have to you have to play the the garbage venues where three people show up and you're a bar you're not <laughs> and you're not getting paid and you're driving packing all your gear into a broken down van and you're driving four hours for 40 bucks and you you know th those are the you know when, when i was playing music were some of the best shows we ever played but yeah and s slowly you build on that and i think podcasting like you were saying starting it as a hobby and not going in expecting to have a job i think that you're ab absolutely right it's the only way to really come up in that industry yeah it really is i mean i've seen so many podcasts that do that and then whether they become successful or not, they're just having fun while doing it. And if they do have a job, it's great. But you know, you will. There's a good chance you're going to get heartbroken if you started. I want to do it as a job. So, yeah, because yeah. anyone at this point can do it. It's a, uh, it's 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 a t it's a tough field. I remember hearing a quote from someone that says, "Most jobs you work for pay, but in many entertainment jobs, it's you work for work that pays." Yeah. So you got to do like you got to put in the free hours before, and sometimes you have to pay money while doing the work 
Yeah. A lot of times you do, yeah. Yeah, like starting your own band. You might have to spend money on a recording studio oh, yeah. to record some music professionally. And, um, yeah, if you don't get paid, you're out, of, you're out of pocket for gas and dinner and that sort of thing. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's tough. But um, how, do you f- how do you feel with like the, the, the future of just the way like with technology now and how there's a lot of oversaturations with stuff and with the internet where everything is so accessible. Sometimes it seems like a good thing. Other times it seems like it could be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, any 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 thoughts on uh? I'm okay with um, the progression of technology. And whenever somebody says, you know, this part of technology is going to weaken this part of culture, they've been saying this thing since the dark ages or even before. Yeah. I mean, let's let's say when the industrial revolution began, it was probably like, you know, this industrialized farming. It's going to make, you know, the individual farmer weaker or something like that. Sure. But it's like overall, I would say for the most part, it is helping us. And yeah. people adapt. I mean, everyone thought cassettes because you could record from cassette to cassette was going to be the, you know, the 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 death of the of the musician because they because people could copy tapes and people wouldn't have to buy as many tapes. Well, that never happened Mm -hmm. and then the same thing with CDs when CD burners came out everyone started to panic because you could get whenever you recorded a cassette you would the quality would diminish each time but with CDs you could make multiples and so people thought this is going to end the music industry and then that never happened when the internet came out the same thing happened oh yeah (laughs) the whole uh, was it Napster debacle yeah Napster versus Metallica (laughs) yeah that was uh, that was a big one but really what happens is just it, it weeds the weaker ones out right the ones who aren't willing to put the work in we talked about that in our previous segment. I yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. So it's uh, it's not just music. You know, you have podcasting, and now with film, with YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone, you have anyone with their phone here, they can become a filmmaker, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can I could edit a quick little video on my phone with some app. Yeah. And um, and that's the thing that people who are, who who are committed and want to be actually good, it's it's hard because there's so much there's an ocean of it, but you know you. Sometimes when they yeah. do make something really like, like sometimes when they do make a movie there, and it's like not so good, it turns out to be one of the funniest things you've ever watched. Though I hear people talking about um, uh, the room. Is it the room? The room. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone yeah, knows yeah. that. Everyone, it's the, so bad. It's good. good. You have to check it out. It really is. I it, would is it, disagree. It's so bad. It's actually, just if you if you, if you, if you, want, if you want to see a movie, not not many people know this one. If you ever want to see a movie on the internet. That is just, it's just total garbage, but it's like, it's amazing in terms of its hilarity. It's called The Evil Cat. The Evil nice. Cat. <laughs> yeah. Like a feature film? Like a, like a, or it, like, it's like a film a bunch of uh, people in trailer parks made. There's a slasher movie about this kid's cat, and it's the funniest thing you'll ever see in your life. Huh. <laughs> Sounds good. M- movies are weird. They can be fun. <laughs> like... Just hearing out, like the room is the one I always hear about, and um, Lorraine, you say it's so bad, don't check it out. I think it's great. I think it's great. Jack says it's so bad, you have to check it out. Yeah, that's great. Russell, I, well, you see, I was gonna say, is it because I'm the oldest guy in the room? I have no clue what you're talking about. It's so, kind of funny, I guess. It, it, it's I basically know. when a movie is like so terrible in such a specific way. You, you you watch it more as a comedy rather than a serious like I film. I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen it, but I, I you know I hear about it all the time. Oh yeah. Spoons. You haven't heard of the room though, Russell? No, that's what I was referring to. No, okay, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so bad that was it the director Tommy Tommy Wiseau. He's everyone. He's uh, he's 
He's up there now. He really is. He's one of the greats, yeah, ironically. The older, um, it was remade by like James Franco and oh, that the disaster artist. Yeah, the yeah. disaster artist. That yeah. movie was great. That was a good movie. Oh, that was a yeah, yeah. That's based. That's like a remake of the. That's well, it's it's a movie. Oh yeah, it's yeah, a biopic yeah. on how this movie was made. Pretty mm -hmm. much. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, then yeah. I do know what we're talking about here. Yeah. 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 Okay, I'll wow. admit it is kind of a funny movie, but I had to I had to turn it off because it. There's yeah. some bars. I yeah, I know. I think it works at the end. The believe it or not, I had a I had a friend when I watched it, and the ending almost made him cry. Oh. Oh. <laughs> in, in like a happy way though. But in like, a happy way. Because it's it, you'll you'll see if you ever see the movie. I'll have to check it. I I've been telling myself I'm gonna check it out for years, but it's hard to sit down and be like I'm gonna I don't know how long it is. Let's say two hours. I'm gonna spend two hours watching a really bad film, well, and hopefully at the end of it, I'm not wishing I had that two hours back. Right. Well, well oh, you're gonna love the original, and you'll love the the the, the biopic because that's a good one. And that's disaster. The disaster artist. Artist. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, Jack, you're gonna be an aspiring podcaster. Do you have any podcasts on the go right now? Any ideas for a podcast? Sure. Um. I had this idea for a podcast is is basically on that idea where I, I was kind of inspired by like mystery science theater and all that where we've I've seen so many films that have actually been uploaded to YouTube and no one's ever taken them down and they're some of them are good but some of them are just like terrible and I love them and I <laughs> I had this idea like what if I just like did a podcast if I got like some a couple of guys we sat down and we did it live just like made fun of this movie live you watched uh, you like watched a live review while you're yeah 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 you're yeah. doing the commentary of a bad movie while you're yeah yeah so that, I'd listen to that that would be great problem is you sit it live now is now it's out there you better go patent that idea get it started yeah, for someone else right. I have other ideas like I have an idea for a book which I'm not gonna mention because that someone's gonna mention be like that's a great idea next thing you know yeah. Tommy Wiseau Does is it. making a movie about it <laughs> it's uh yeah so I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not even gonna mention my book idea. well you can always you can always come back and tell us about it once it's out there once it's, it's been true published. that's true awesome yeah. Jack, thank you for joining us. You are welcome. It was a lot of fun. It was and a lot of fun being with you. <laughs> when you get these projects out and going, you'll have to come in and that, tell us how they go. That would be awesome. Perfect. This is Campus Conversations, and really, it's our sign-off. This is it for us for today, folks. But it's been it's been fun now that we have Lorraine. You're joining us now. Yes. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. It's been real. We'll say that. I'm glad it's real. It's, it's been real. Last thing I want to hear. It's been pretty pretty fake. <laughs> you I didn't realize are, how. It's all, phony. it's all scripted. <laughs> Pre-recorded. I'm reading lines. I'm reading this. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm here. Could have done uh, this yesterday. We, uh, we, I think some of our guests today are pretty interesting. We got some coming up next week as well, so you'll get to tune into the three of us again. That's and right. uh, we do, if you could mention maybe, um, in case you miss any of our shows or uh, you want to hear some highlight reels. Uh, yeah, you can check out Campus Conversations on iTunes. Yeah, and uh, we've got, what, two episodes up there now? Two, and the third one should be out today, and then the fourth one will be out by by next week, and, uh, <laughs> when I have time. Yeah, and I've, I've also got, a, I did a, a little bonus feature, a little a, a little mini podcast for uh, with an interview. Um, well, it'll be a surprise, but that'll be going up on the site at some point, too, so there'll be a, right. a fun little uh, four-minute piece there as well. Yeah, Russell, be, Russell loves surprises. I do. Even if he's the one who's <laughs> prepping the surprise. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Hides little gems in it. Um, but yeah, Campus If you want to reach out, give us feedback, or if you want to be on the show itself, you can reach us at campus.convo1 at gmail.com. The show's every Thursday from 10 a.m. till 12, and 
we just feature a rotating amount of guests. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a student, you know, but if you have something you want to talk about, if you're you know, a local artist or something, or whatever, maybe you saw an alien UFO. Yeah. yeah. Tell yep. us, please tell We've us. We've got an expert. Yeah, we, we have our uh, live on the scene UFO expert. That's right. From downtown Hamilton. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a hub for the UFO. Oh, sorry. UPAs. Yeah. Uh, no, UAPs. What does that mean again? Unidentified. Um, aerial phenomenon yeah. there you go and I actually read that nice last one. night but then I forgot what it was <laughs> and I couldn't find out I'm writing UFO 2019 term it doesn't work it when, just doesn't work when Dylan came in today he was going off so hard on rabbit hole. probably yeah. 20 alien theories <laughs> yeah it was it was insane it's for another week yeah for well, another sighting just uh <laughs> thank you Lorraine for joining the fold full time of course that was fun that was fun that's it so yeah I'm Dylan Moore I'm Russell Merrill I'm Lorraine Postma and we're gonna sign off for this week you can check out iTunes you can check out the email or you can tune in next week Campus Conversations is hosted by myself Dylan Moore Russell Merritt-Bovell, and Lorraine Postma. Our outro music is Streetlights by Stephen Onprashan. Our guests this week were William Weber, Eric Anthony, LT the Monk, and Jack McGloin. Campus Conversations can be listened to on 101.5 The Hawk, live every Thursday from 10 a.m. till 12 noon. If you would like to be a guest, you can contact us at campus.convo1 at gmail.com. Campus Conversations is recorded at Mohawk College.